0: Hello, and welcome to The Laddercast, where we teach you how to leverage your assets to change your life. I'm Sorcia Porter, and in 2016, I bought my first home, which completely changed the trajectory of my life. I turned that property into a business, a trip around the world, a new career, and quadrupled my household income. And now I'm a real estate agent licensed in Oregon and Washington.
1: And I'm Shannon McAllister. After finishing college with a degree in finance, I was in a job I hated, but couldn't quit because I wasn't making enough money. I signed up for a class to learn about mortgages taught by a real estate investor. 17 years later, I'm a nationally licensed mortgage lender, homeowner, and investor myself. We aim to educate how getting on the property ladder by owning just one home can change lives. It changed ours. Hello, and welcome back to the Laddercast. We are here today, and we're going to talk about Portland neighborhoods that might be good considerations for first time home
0: buyers. That's right. We are. We're excited. We uh, wrote this up a couple of weeks ago because we are entering peak home buying season. And I've been thinking about where the best bang for your buck is in Portland if you are a first time buyer because the market is uh, competitive. Sure. And there are
1: places you can focus on if you are a first time home buyer and you are trying to win a home
0: there are probably some places you could be focusing on to increase your chances. Exactly. Now, I think it's important to note some things about Portland for those of our listeners who don't live here. Um, So Portland is one of the most affordable major metropolitan cities in the West Coast, which means we have a lot of people from Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, New York, Denver, Austin, moving here because we're priced so much lower than other places. We're still considered an affordable city in comparison to those cities that people are moving out of. Yes. Now if you're not Hard po- to believe
1: if you're from here and you're trying to say that Portland's an affordable city still if you're from here yeah, afford- it doesn't feel that way anymore.
0: Affordable but, is very much in the right, eye of the beholder. Relative. I I wish that it was still a place where you could get a starter home for $200,000. That's how it was when I moved here about a decade ago and I'm sure Shannon remembers those days growing up here, but that's not really the case anymore. Right now, an affordable home in Portland looks like about 425 to 550,000. Okay. That is a first-time buyer bracket I that I see frequently. Okay. And uh,
1: and that's in Portland proper. I see some people's
0: yes. doing some things a little
1: further out. If you want to scoot further out and not be directly in Portland proper, you could probably come in under that mark.
0: Yes, absolutely. You could get something in Gladstone or maybe St. Helens, maybe further out in Tualatin. So if you are willing to move outside of the city a little bit, you can you can get something
1: for a little less than that mark. But today we're going to talk about neighborhoods in Portland proper that are very hot and that everybody wants to be in, that are probably gonna start you in the 425 plus range.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, everybody who moves here wants to be in neighborhoods like Alberta, Selwood, Hawthorne, Alphabet District, South Tabor for walkability and amenities. But these neighborhoods are really high priced. For a first time buyer and they're incredibly competitive. For example, Selwood, which is one of the most popular neighborhoods in the city because it's got like water access and lots of parks and a really cute downtown area. Average price of a home listed is 1.2 million. And most sales go for $200,000 over asking. Swings. Yeah, it's a lot, but there are a lot of neighborhoods that have a lot of those features that people want out of that. Particular area for a much lower price point. So I kind of we wanted to tell you what they are, and for those of you who are maybe thinking of moving to the Portland area, or who are just curious about um, what the market is like here, because you listen to us, this is a good a good list for you to base your your search off of. So
1: without further ado, here are five neighborhoods in Portland you can consider as a first time homebuyer in this. Four twenty-five, five fifty range that have walkability, great amenities, and all the things the cool kids want to be nearby. Yes,
0: here and we go. Starting out with Brentwood Darlington. Tell me about it. So Brentwood Darlington's in inner southeast Portland, and it borders Milwaukee and other popular neighborhoods like Woodstock and Westmoreland. Okay, um, it has similar aesthetic as those neighborhoods, but a starting price point is around four hundred and forty thousand. Okay. It's going to be smaller houses, usually built between the turn of the century and the mid-century. So you have a lot more mid-century architecture in these neighborhoods. But you have a lot of really cute little cottages. You get the cute little historic vibes that people love from the nearby neighborhoods, but a fraction of the price. And you can walk to Woodstock, which has tons of things to do if you live in Brentwood Darlington. So okay. that's a really great one for first-time homebuyers. It is pretty far southeast, though. So if you're a commuter, you need to take that into consideration.
1: That didn't used to be a consideration. Just so y'all know, like it was okay if you lived in deep southeast or outer southeast, and you had somewhere to be, you could get there in a reasonable amount of time. It's not really the case anymore. So you do have to think about those things it if is. if you are a commuter or if you are a bike rider or you things like this, you do have to consider where you're going to live
0: versus where you need to get to every day. That is now. Now, Yeah. I will say it's pretty bikeable down there. It's not really hilly or difficult to get around. The streets are wide enough. You would absolutely be good to bike to places. In fact, if you do enjoy biking to work and you work in like inner Southeast or even downtown, it wouldn't be terrible. No, I wouldn't think so either. So So, yeah. All right. We're going to consider Brentwood Darlington. Brentwood Darlington. Super cute. Cute name
1: too. Yeah. All right. That's one we're going to listen think about. Another one we're going to think about
0: could be Cully. Cully is pretty cool. Cully didn't used to be cool. Cully used to be kind of like sketch. <laughs> yeah, it was a little scary for a while, but it's not anymore. But Cully is now like super, super popular, especially with transplants. I find a lot of my California transplants love Cully. Okay. Um it's adjacent to Concordia and Beaumont Wilshire, which are which really popular neighborhoods, and if you go to Concordia or Beaumont Wilshire, you can expect to pay between 6 and 800 for a house. Yeah. But in Cully, you can expect the average list price to be around 485k with most homes selling around the $500,000 mark. Okay. So, because of its popularity and its proximity to those other neighborhoods and its walkability, it does tend to go a little bit over asking price there. But $500,000 and you can walk to Pip's Donuts and McMenamin's Kennedy School is pretty dang good in my opinion. That
1: All right. In my head, I know where Coley is. I know where Coley is. I didn't put it in a walkability category with McMenamin's Kennedy School. So that's excellent. Yeah. In my head, I think Coley is its own little ecosystem where people live. And if you live there, you tend to do all of the things you need to do in your neighborhood.
0: Yep. It didn't register that they were so close together. So that's cool. Yeah, it's really close to those places. It's also like known for parks. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really beautiful parks and um, a lot of good sized lots too. Cully, you can get a good sized lot. And it tend if, to be
1: older homes. Yeah. And that's why.
0: Yeah, it, it's, they're older homes, but they also have like a lot of mid century homes up in Cully. So if you're a mid century modern like architect, va- architect seeker, or architecture seeker or like you just like that style of home there's actually a pretty decent volume of those homes in that neighborhood
1: okay all right so coli's number two on our list that's okay yep. i like that fopo
0: fopo foster powell um foster powell is like right by where i live it's very close walking distance to where i live actually um and it's adjacent to multiple neighborhoods that are pretty popular so it's very small neighborhood teeny tiny but it has a really cute little downtown core and it's right between like mount scott arletta Lentz, and south tabor okay and like south tabor you're going to be paying six se- plus six plus six it's i don't even think you can get a south tabor for six anymore okay. i think if, if you're going to south tabor you're paying a minimum of 750 oh, oh, geez. okay yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get up with the times here yeah <laughs> seven <laughs> seven fifty in t- in south tabor for anything that you would want to live in okay. um But Foster Powell, you could absolutely get in around 450 for like a cute little 2131. Totally doable. Great. And Foster Powell has a really cute downtown core area Mm -hmm. with like, a pet store and multiple bars and brunch places, Henry Higgins boiled bagels, which is the best bagels in Portland <laughs> in my opinion. And I have tested all of them in case anyone's wondering if that's a well founded statement. I once did go to every single bagel shop in the city in one day <laughs> um, with Matthew. I dragged him all over the place and Henry Higgins is the okay. best one. Okay. Um, but that's in FOPO as well as like bar Carlo and off the griddle. It's super bikeable. Transit is really easy. There's lots of main bus lines and it's really close to a max line. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that FOPO is going to become like Alberta arts in the future. The desirability of that neighborhood has gone up considerably. So Mm -hmm. I think if you invest in FOPO now, you'll be sitting pretty on some pretty good equity four or five years from now. Sure. So
1: sure. And it's only gone up in my old lady opinion. That neighborhood used to be much less expensive than it is now. Yeah. And so the fact that it is still at an affordable level only gives you an indicator
0: that it's going to continue to move forward as things progress and improve and new things move in and as things yeah. change. The city is making a lot of investments into that inner southeast corridor. Um, there's a, another neighborhood on, nearby that they're making a lot of investments in, in improving the infrastructure and offering grants to small businesses to incentivize more businesses to move to the area and operate out of that area. Also, you should know that like, while list prices are around four fifty, you should 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 expect to pay five to 10% more than list. If you're going to buy in, in FOPO, just because it is, there's so little inventory because it is a small area and people snap them up quick. Okay. So
1: you happen, I happen to think about it just now, as you said, FOPO, the sometimes in this town, the naming of neighborhoods isn't super obvious. Oh yeah. Foster Powell is because it is between the two streets, Foster and Powell. Correct. The other ones, Collie. I am assuming there is some historical yeah, reference about that, and I same think with so. Brentwood Darlington. There must be a historical reference, but Foster Powell, the only one on this list, actually is because of its street names and makes sense.
0: Yep. So. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's Portland has something like seventy or eighty plus distinctive neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and the neighborhood system in Portland is part of what makes the city so cool is because it's almost like creating mini cities within a city and people get really into their neighborhood. Like people have a lot of neighborhood pride. Mm -hmm. Most neighborhoods have like events every year and most of them have their own little downtown core area that will usually grow as the neighborhood grows. So like Foster Powell or FOPO started, there wasn't a lot there. And slowly but surely, all of the business spaces down there are filling out with really cool things. Mm -hmm. It's how we identify ourselves because we're all from Portland. And Portland is
1: a, it's not a large city, but for us, it is large, it is sizable. It covers a big area. And so if you want
0: to figure out where in the city you live, you identify yourself by your neighborhood. Yes. So if I hear someone lives in St. John's or FOPO, I know what part of the city they're in. I know how far they are from me. I know if I want to be friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> Judge you based on the neighborhood that you the live people, in. <laughs> there is some like neighborhood competition. Like I, There's a definite east side, west side thing that happens. Um, for for example, I live on the east side. Shannon lives on the west, west side. West and side's
1: and it, the best side.
0: And I strongly don't agree with that. But <laughs> I do. It, it is beautiful over here. I will give it that. And I will... Uh... Tell you that this list was made by Sorsha and not one of the neighborhoods
1: is on the West Side.
0: Largely because none of the West Side neighborhoods are affordable. The <laughs> West Side is not where you go for and affordability. It's
1: technically, not Portland either. So yeah, I guess we're getting down to technicalities.
0: Technicalities, here. and d- this wasn't because I was trying to exclude neighborhoods on the West Side. <laughs> there just literally isn't one where the median price point sits at where we where we're looking with the four twenty five to. 550 range. Right, for a first-time buyer, unless you go pretty far out, you'd have to
1: get outside of Portland and go further west to get back to that price oh, yeah. point. In which case that's a different that's
0: a different That's story not Portland that we'll anymore. Also, and just to, this doesn't mean that there aren't affordable homes in these price points on the west side. It just means that their median price point was higher. I looked specifically for places where the median was right in that range. Okay. Um, but like you can find a cute little 3 bedroom, 1 bath in like multnomah village for 500 they could do that that's doable i've seen them i'd live in multnomah village multnomah village is cute it's a cute one that would probably be the only one that might have made the list but the price the median price point was like 50k higher than what we're looking at
1: yeah so we'll stick with our original list that's okay so the next one down our
0: list number four
1: is home of sorsha yes it's
0: It's Lentz. it's Lentz. um i am a lentil (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, that is what we call ourselves for Lentils. Uh, I I don't actually know who like named Lentz Lentz. I assume it's named for the park. I'm um, assuming it's a person at some I'm point. Assur- I assume that some historic person in Portland, but it's mostly associated with its huge park. We have the second largest park in the city, actually, is in Lentz. And the first one being, uh, I think, Washington Park. Uh, Or Forest Heights, Forest Park, Forest Forest Park, Park. Forest Park being the largest one. But yeah, Lentz has a huge park. It's the one of the fastest growing neighborhoods in southeast Portland. And it's also one of the largest neighborhoods in southeast Portland. Um, It's got we have a little semi pro baseball team that operates out of Lentz called the Portland Pickles. Yep. So you can go walk to baseball games. We have breweries and a really great Italian bakery. Um, really solid walk and transit scores, and there are two MAX lines in the Lentz neighborhood that are like easy to walk to if you live in Lens. Okay. Um, but I think the best part about Lens for first-time buyers is that the median sale price from twenty-one to twenty-two was four hundred thousand.
1: Excellent. That's the lowest of our list. It so It is. Far.
0: It is, and. As a whole, um, Portland has been increasing at like a
1: 13%
0: rate, like 21 to 22, it went up 13%. But in from 21 to 22 in Lentz, it went up 18%. So that tells me that that
1: 400 median price isn't going to last long.
0: No, it won't. Um, But there is, because it's a larger neighborhood, there's more volume of inventory, which is great for first-time buyers. A lot of times people will focus on a neighborhood because they love that neighborhood. And one of the problems is some of these neighborhoods are literally like 10 blocks wide. They're not super huge. So it makes it hard to find properties and then you have to compete because there's not a ton. Whereas Lentz is... Is big. So there is actually a lot of inventory There's available. A lot of activity and, and movement. And- yeah. So it's you have a higher likelihood of snagging something in Lentz than other places. Um I will say we're a transitioning neighborhood. And that is a nice way of saying we do have transient activity. There is definitely crime stuff that comes up. I don't wanna sugarcoat that it's not an urban neighborhood. Yeah. But it is really cute. The people who live there are very proud of being lentils. And it is one that I think that in the next five to seven years will become a lot like Alberta Arts because this is what Alberta Arts District was like 15 years ago. 15 years ago, you didn't want to live in the Alberta Arts District. It wasn't a nice place to live. And now everyone wants to be there. Lentz is similar in that, Lentz and Foster Powell are similar in that way because they have bustling commercial districts within walking distance to the core neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. On its way up. On its way up. Get in while you can. Yeah. My I bought my house for $420 and $21. Okay. And I just did a CMA on it. 525. Excellent. So it's going up
1: pretty aggressively. Take your money and run.
0: <laughs> no, I'm gonna <laughs> hang on to this place. All right.
1: You're gonna stay a lentil.
0: That's okay. All right. So mm-hmm.
1: we're flying right through this. We're yeah. already on number
0: five. Lastly but not leastly is St. John's. So St. John's is really known for the diversity of architecture and its proximity to the river. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels super quaint and idyllic. And it has a really, really charming downtown core. Mm-hmm. But St. John's used to be a place that people like didn't go. That was that was a working class neighborhood. Yeah. There's a, nice yeah. a nice way to say
1: it. Yeah. Nice way to say it.
0: Yeah, it used to be a place like when I moved here 10 years ago, and I wanted to look in St. John's, the realtor I was working with at the time was like, Oh, you don't you don't want to look up there, which technically he should not have said. But, (laughs) but he was like, he's like, it's just kind of rougher. And I so wish I would have bought in St. John's back then, because I would be sitting pretty on a big old pile of equity, I could have bought a home in St. John's for 150k then. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Okay. But you can still buy one now. But now the average list price in St. John's is 400 That's not terrible. It's either. not, but it's gone up really aggressively. Versus Lentz, when I moved here, was like in the two hundreds. So you could get a home in St. John's for under 200 back then. Sure.
1: Um, of all of the five, I know I said it about Collie, but of the five, I feel that St. John's is its most island neighborhood. You have is. to make a concerted effort to get there and get out of there.
0: Yes, I would agree. It, it has so much, and it has a lot to offer so that Mm -hmm. you can totally independently live in St. John's and not have to go anywhere. And I think a lot of people do. And I think a lot of people do as well. (laughs) But the thing about St. John's is it is kind of the Northern peak of Portland, like of North Portland. Um, and you, there's like, you either, there are bridges to get out. Like you Mm -hmm. don't, leave St. John's pretty much without going over a bridge. Mm -hmm. There is, you could drive through the East side of Portland or across to the East side. But it is its own thing. So this is a great neighborhood, I would say, for people who work from home, Mm -hmm. who want to be in a super walkable neighborhood. It's also really close to the University of Portland. So if you're thinking, like, I want to buy an investment property, St. John's would be a great place. To to rent
1: to college students. Yep.
0: Yep. So it would make a great college rental. You would always have tenants. There's a whole other level of landlording when it comes to college rentals, just to keep that in mind. Yes. Um, think about how you were in college and then consider if a college rental is for you. <laughs> um, but there's actually a really big volume of really cute character homes in Lentz. Yes. So like for my people who... St. John's. Or yeah, sorry. In St. John's. Thank you. For my people who work from home and want a character home, I usually show them St. John's because there are so many cute little Victorian buttons it all over the place. It is a cute neighborhood. It's really cute. Yeah. So, but yeah, and,
1: and also still affordable. What does it say here that, yeah. uh, however, if the average list price is 400, can I get a house for 400?
0: In all likelihood, you're going to be paying 15 to 25% over that asking price. All right. So just know when you see 400 in St. John's calculate, 15 to 25% more than you're that. You're going to have competition and you're going to have to up it together. Yeah.
1: So why do they start them listing at 400 then if we know that we're going to need to pay more?
0: I, my theory is that I, I think that a lot of agents in Portland who have been here a while have kind of a biased perspective on that neighborhood and often list under because, they, because of the concerns about people commuting yeah, that has happened with St. John's. But I think with the shift in the workforce that came with COVID and working from home, we no longer have to price things thinking that like, it's not going to be attractive to commuters there because so many people are looking for the lifestyle that St. John's offers. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, I think that the, uh, the, the big thing is its location being so far removed from the rest of the city, which could be a blessing. Yeah. Some people are real into it. Yeah. Like I've taken people up there and they'll be like, I feel like we're not in Portland, but we are in Portland. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's super cute. It also, if you do water sports, you should definitely check out St. John's. It is the only East Side neighborhood that has water access outside of Selwood yep. for, pu- for the public. Everything else is commercial water water access near the waterfront in Central Southeast. Um, and then there's Oaks Park in Selwood, but you got to pay a premium to live in Selwood.
1: Yeah. And every cute postcard of Portland that you see with the big pointy bridge and the very cute green park, that's Cathedral Park. And that comes out of St. John's.
0: Yep. Cathedral so. Park is real, real cool. But yeah, that's it. So in conclusion, St. John's, Lentz, Foster Powell, Cully, and Brentwood Darlington, I think they're the neighborhoods to watch. And if you're a first time home buyer thinking that you want to leverage your property as a rental or take the equity from it and rent it, out when you move on to your next home, these are the neighborhoods to do that in. They're going to see, in all likelihood, big rates of return because they're getting more and more popular, but they're still affordable for first-time buyers. It's not going to stay that way. It never does. So get in while you
1: can. And then make your plan about what you're going to do with your property once you've amassed some appreciation, you've paid down some principal, and what your plan is going forward with your next houses. This might be a great
0: stepping stone to get you moving forward. Yep. And if you are looking for a home in the Portland metro area, I would love to help you find one. You can reach me through our website at... Theladdercast.com, Click the button that says work with Sorsha. And if you're looking for a lender anywhere in the United States, you can reach Shannon at the laddercast.com and click on the button that says work with Shannon. I can help you. So and we can answer questions. We can't, we can't. Oh, you can message us. We'll message you back. That's yeah. a thing too. Yeah. So we are happy to do that. Um, feel free to hit the contact us button on that same website. So with, without further ado, thank you for listening. Please give us a like, subscribe, share it with a friend who needs to hear this. And uh, maybe go listen to some other episodes. They're pretty good. That'd be pretty cool. All
1: right.
0: right. Until then, next time. Bye-bye. Bye.